This is Millennium Radio. Thank you for staying with us and welcome to the podcast series. Episode number four, Ways to Avoid Unhealthy Relationships. Podcast, where we dish out and serve up conversations, information, and strategies and tips for creating healthy relationships in all areas of our lives. Please note, this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be used to replace seeking the advice of a trained healthcare professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your host, Kim Knight. And I'm hoping that you're enjoying the episodes that have been launched so far, all on the topic of healthy versus unhealthy relationships. So today's episode is going to continue this conversation. And today we have a special guest who will be sharing her insight into what it takes to avoid unhealthy relationships. Her name is Melinda Stewart, and she happens to be a playwright, a poet, as well as a speaker and a best-selling author. And she recently released a new book entitled Let It Go Now, 10 Ways to Avoid an Unhealthy Relationship. So I'd like to take a moment to welcome her to the show. Melinda? Hi, greetings and welcome to all. My name is Melinda Stewart, as Kim said. Welcome and greetings. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here um, because, as you know, I just recently launched the podcast and the first few episodes were actually about unhealthy relationships. So when I saw that you had written a book specifically on that topic, I said, oh, I need to ask if she'd be interested in coming on the show since she has some insight and actually has written a book on the very topic that um, I, my, the episodes have been on Um for the last couple of weeks. So I am really, I think this is a perfect fit. I'm glad to have you here and just welcome to the show um, because this is a really important topic that I hope that listeners will be able to walk away from at the end of this show, feeling as if they've learned something that they can apply in their lives like right away. So welcome, Melinda, welcome. Thank you. It is an honor to be here and I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and thank you for having me. Beautiful. Okay. So before we jump into the topic, I'd just like you to share a little bit about yourself, your background, and um, exactly what led you to write a book on unhealthy relationships. So the name of the book is 10. Well, tell us the name of the book and just give us some background information on yourself and why you wrote it. Let's start there. Absolutely. The title of my book is Let It Go Now. 10 Ways to Avoid an Unhealthy Relationship. I decided to write the book because I myself found myself in unhealthy relationships. And then, as it's usually said, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So I also found that many of my friends were experiencing unhealthy relationships as well. And I I was like, I think we stayed in situations too long after talking to different friends of mine. And it just seemed like there was a time where people were coming to me and talking about the discouragement of unhealthy relationships and somewhat feeling trapped and, and not knowing how to get out of those unhealthy relationships. I've been, I am a best-selling author, I am a speaker, I am a mom, and I am also a playwright, 
a poet and I've written things. I would, I go in and I do workshops as well. And many times I would have the opportunity to talk to people. So I said, let me just sit back, pray, and then think about what I can do to offer wisdom to those that are younger than I am because I'm an older woman. I wanted to offer wisdom to young women and young men that would be able to help to bring clarity and balance to their lives. And I also have children of my own. So there are a lot of gems that I've shared with my children throughout the years. And I just decided to put it in a book because I believe in different situations that I was in personally, I stayed in them too long. If I had someone to offer wisdom to me, I would not have been running in place for so many years and would have been able to step out and make the decision to choose a healthier relationship first with myself and then being able to offer that to someone else. I think the key to all relationships and being in relationship is first you have to like, love, and respect yourself. And then it can be offered to others. Wow. Okay. That's, that's I mean, what I, I found. That, that is so important for people to hear. And I know we hear it all the time, love yourself. Um, but before we get into that, because that is a really important topic, I just want to ask you, in your personal experience, when you talk about unhealthy relationships, was there a pattern that you saw in your life or, or like were the unhealthy relationships similar in terms of the type of people that you found yourself in relationships with or the type of experience that you had? What did unhealthy look like for you? Unhealthy, the unhealthy relationships that I found myself in absolutely had a pattern. and. I found myself first looking back over my life. I look back at my life and I discovered that the very same things that I saw my mother experience and go through as a young woman, I was going through those things as well. So my pattern began from the environment that I grew up in and what I saw as as a young girl and then as I matured. But I looked around and found that the pattern that I saw was just like uh, aggressiveness verbally and then eventually um, aggressiveness physically in the relationships that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I did not see the dysfunction in those relationships because I grew up not only watching my mom but other women in in the environment that I grew up in, I watched them in physically abusive relationships. Uh, and you so see, I, now I, that is so common that, you know, generationally um, things are passed down unintentionally in most cases. But what I hear you saying is that a lot of times we end up doing what we know or what we've learned, or what we've seen. And it's a natural way to be, I would think, to just kind of do the things that we've seen and experienced. And 
and luckily you reached a point where you were able to recognize that those things really didn't work for you and that they weren't healthy and that you could make a change. So it sounds like, um, you know, you were fortunate enough to be able to have enough self-reflection and self-awareness to decide that you needed something better, it sounds like. Absolutely, Kim. Absolutely. That was the turning point for my life. Um, getting in tune um, with my spirit and realizing, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right for me. This doesn't feel right to me. You know, I had gotten to a place in my life where it just did not feel right anymore for me. And there are levels of, I realize that there are levels to understanding the need of growth and and growing um, spiritually you know, mentally, spiritually, and, and, you know, within myself, I decided that I I needed something more. And I began to attract into my life things that would help me to begin to heal my mind, my spirit, Mm -hmm. and those things that I saw. And I didn't know that they were wrong, because it was so common in, in the environment which I grew up in. So I had to make a shift as I, I reached different levels of my own maturity and acceptance and love for myself. So let me ask you, was there a specific turning point for you? Was there an, a moment that you made the decision that enough was enough? Or was it a, a culmination of events and it gradually happened? Um, because I think sometimes people want to know you know, what is it that actually makes a person finally decide that they need to make a change? So what what would you say it was for you? Absolutely. In retrospect, I believe that it was really a moment in my life where it, that turning point began. But I think it was a culmination of both. I was married to my abuser. I was in an abusive relationship. And it had gotten to the point where I was pregnant with our child and the abuse occurred. And I had children of my own. My my children were just coming into becoming teenagers. And he was, a, my husband was abusive. And I had got to a point to where I was like, oh my God, I'm getting ready to bring a child, another child on this earth. And I, whatever this is, I don't want the child to be like this man. And I, and because if it's a girl, I realized that I did not want that child to choose a man like him. And then I realized, I woke up and I realized that I was setting a pace and an example for my daughters mm-hmm. to choose a man like him. And also I was, I was cultivating in them to be battered and I mm-hmm. didn't want that to them. And there began the turning point for me when I, when he grabbed me by my throat and I was in the bathroom trapped and couldn't get out. I was pregnant. He had hit me so hard that a molder in my mouth came out of my mouth. He hit me so hard. And right there was the turning point where I realized that I did not have enough esteem for myself. I, I did not 
like, love, or respect myself. And I looked over my life and I realized that I needed to change my life. And, and that was the turning point for me. I became tired and I knew that I deserved better at that, at that time. Wow. Well, I'm so grateful and thankful that you reached that point. I mean, not, of course, that you went through what you did. I'm very um, sorry that you experienced, you know, the, the relationship that you did for that length of time. But I'm so glad that you were able to finally reach a point where you said enough was enough and that you decided to make changes, not just to, you know, your family structure, but your mindset and your thinking and realizing that you deserve more and that you needed to do something different in order to get out of that and get into a better situation. So I'm really glad that you were able to reach that point. Um, So I'm assuming that this was the interest introduction or the beginning of you realizing the need to love yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, so what were the first things that you did or what would you say were those things that helped you on that journey of loving yourself? It's, I, my, I think my mindset changed because I, I, was, I just made up my mind that it was time to heal. And then I'm a reader. I love to read. But what fascinated me was that I began to become drawn to books. And then people came into my life where that healing that I needed began. So mm. that, that change in my mindset began to attract different things into my life, which helped to support the change that I needed in my life. I, you um, know, there is a saying that goes, change your mind, change your life. So it absolutely. sounds like you're a living example of that. And once we change our mindset, that the things around us and the people that we attract and the experiences that we have also um, changes once we, we work on our minds. So I, I'm, I'm glad that that was your process because it really just shows the it's proof in the fact Absolutely. that if we do really get in front of our mind and take control of it and decide and choose what we're going to think and how we're going to think that that can have lasting, um, it can be a game changer for us in, in terms Absolutely. of our life. And it sounds like that's what happened with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is true. That's very true. Your mind changes Everything, when you've made your mind up that this isn't for you and you deserve better, everything shifts in your life. Everything shifts. People say, you know, some people refer to it as the universe shifting and things changing in your life. Many believe that God makes, makes the shift in your life and many believe that they alone make that shift and then the change will occur in your life. I think it's a combination of all of those things. It all goes hand in hand and it, it works to the benefit when, you, when you're determined. That determination, that faith and, and the belief that you deserve better changes and shifts the level of your understanding and what, what you need in your life to create wow. healthier things in your life. Wow. That's what I believe. Wow. So what can you give us some specific examples of what for Melinda loving yourself looked like? 
For me, it's progr- it was progressive when I was younger. I believe that the proof of loving myself would mean that I would desire the nicer things in life, which was my hair was done, my nails were done, my feet were done. I had on a cute outfit. Honey, that was love at that time when I was younger. But as I had gotten older, I realized that those things were superficial. Again, when I speak about growth and levels, that was a superficial level of understanding love for myself because it was an outer thing. But understanding love and what it looked like to me was to begin to appreciate the gift that I am, the prize that I am, starting with the outside and how I looked, just celebrating and appreciating the beauty of myself, and then the characteristics that I had that made me feel that I was wonderful, the kindness and recognizing that I was kind and and recognizing that I was a person that was willing to help others. Just celebrating, beginning and learning to celebrate the beautiful things that I contain and which helped me to love and understand myself, you know, taking the time to find out what were my likes, what were my dislikes, what were the things that I needed in my life to improve who I was as a woman, those things that would come into my life to add on to the love and eventually the respect that I had for myself. So love for me wasn't something that was just superficial. When I began to um, grow and learn, it was from the inside out, appreciating Mm -hmm. everything about me, learning to like myself, where I set boundaries and would not allow someone to come in my life and poison my esteem because my esteem is sacred and I won't let anyone, I had to learn how to not let anyone poison it with with their dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And I had to take responsibility for the health of my, my mental health and my spiritual health and loving myself and learning to appreciate myself, which is a process. It's not something that you just wake up and like, whoa, I really like and love myself and respect myself. It is a process. So I had to learn the importance of being patient with myself mm-hmm. as I Very began good. to heal, as I began to grow, as I began to learn. I had mm-hmm. to learn how to be patient with myself and then to let go of the past. I had to learn to forgive myself mm-hmm. so that Everything I can forward. Big piece of it. That's a big piece. That's, that's piece. what love looked like to me. And that's what it mm-hmm. looks like today to me. Wow. So, you know, what you said, I think was really important about um, self-esteem or your esteem and being able to protect it and guard it almost like it's a child, you know, because that part of you is sacred and you have to be able to reach a point where you can recognize people or situations that are infringing upon that and be protective of it and be able to set boundaries. Boundaries is a huge thing for me. So that's going to be another show topic at some point. But without healthy boundaries with people in situations or in relationships, things can really go awry. And that's where you can start 
um, treading into unhealthy territory. But um, what I thought you said about guarding that and making sure that people respected that and honored that is really important because you are the only person that can really make sure that your self-esteem is taken care of. And also, the better you feel about yourself, then I believe, then the better chance you have at attracting people that will support you and how you feel about yourself. So if you feel good about yourself, then chances are the people that you end up being around or wanting to be around are also going to treat you well because you treat yourself well. So I think the two kind of go hand in hand. Um, So kudos to you for making that shift and being able to take a stand for yourself and making sure that your self-esteem, that nobody comes along and tramples along that and makes you feel worse than you need to feel. So I think that's tremendous insight. Absolutely. Uh, So, okay, so let's talk about two things if you could select in your book that you feel are, I'll say most important, but that you feel are quite significant when it comes to avoiding unhealthy relationships. We talked a little bit about loving yourself. We know that that is key. You need to be able to love yourself in order to be able to be in a loving relationship or a healthy one. What are two other things that you think are just as important or important enough to share in today's episode? I believe the number one thing is to try to prevent unhealthy relationships. And I feel that through observation in my book, there's a chapter where I talk about observation is the key to avoid or prevent your misery. If you observe the person that is in your life, that's around you, if you're in their company, if you observe the way that their tone is, the way that they speak to you, the way that they interact, not just with you, but with others, how they carry themselves, because the way that a person treats you is a reflection of how they feel about themselves. It's important to observe the way that they are with you so that you can understand who they are as a person, the content of their character, what they contain, and how it will affect or improve you. So I I say observation is important. Watch the way that they treat their mother, their children, but also be aware of how they are with themselves. Do they take great care of themselves? Are they patient with themselves? Do they take time to to do the necessary things in grooming and caring? And do does it seem like the way that they talk to you, do they like themselves? So observation. And also the importance of following your gut. Your spirit will tell you if you should have a seat or run up out of there. I think it's it's important to follow your gut because your gut is your spirit. It, it can discern what that person is. If it's a green light or a red light, your gut will be able to tell you. And those, those are two key things that I think is important. Pay attention to your gut. I spoke about how I myself was in an unhealthy, even abusive relationship. Had I listened to my gut, because when 
I looked at him, everything inside of me said, run. <laughs> but my self-esteem and that that desire of the bad boy made me cozy up to him and even marry him. So I just want to encourage ladies and gentlemen, please pay attention to your gut because it will not lead you wrong. That's your spirit. That's the answer for you right there. So that's right. And that, you know, sometimes what your gut is telling you isn't what you're going to want to hear, but it's just like a parent. that you don't really want to listen to, but you know that what they're telling you is for your own good. It's the same type of relationship that you need to have with your gut, right? Being able to listen to it and trust it and make decisions based on it. I mean, you know, it doesn't always come, I feel, it doesn't always come clear or as succinct as we would like, but sometimes it's the messages that it sends you that might be the slightest hint um, you need to take notice of and really take it into account as information that you can use to make good choices for yourself. So I am so such a believer in being able to trust your gut as well as observing what I hear you saying there is really taking note of the red flags. I mean, that's a that's a common term that we use when we're talking about relationships and trying to decide whether or not it's good for us, really paying attention to the red flags and not just dismissing them or hoping that it will get better or that you can change a person, that that is not the best way to enter into a relationship. And chances are those signs that you see that you've observed are going to be the very things that are going to cause major issues or challenges in the relationship down the line. So I think that those are two great tips for people to take into account when it comes to looking at who they're with and whether or not it's a good fit and if this is going to lead to something healthy or not. So that's awesome stuff that you have there. Um, So is there anything else about the book that you want to make sure people know? Um, If you can share that with us and then remind us the name of the book and where they can find it. Absolutely. I also want to talk about the importance of shaking off the past. I think a lot of times We stay in the past for so long. We are not giving ourselves the opportunity to grow, to learn, to expand, to become greater, to become better. And in my book, I talk about the importance of shaking off the past. And I think getting to know who you are, the importance of getting to know who you are truly from the core, not what you may have been told that you are throughout your life, but truly taking the time in silence. I mean, like turning everything off, your cell phone, taking those moments to turn the cell phone off, the television off, the computer, whatever those things are that distract you and just begin to sit in silence and hear the truth about who you are and what you are saying to yourself because our, we talk to ourselves, our spirit speaks with from within us all the time. The importance of being in tune and connecting to who you truly are is important. And also, I feel the importance in relating in a relationship 
relationship, it's the, the greatest thing is being able to communicate what it is that you need and, and being clear about what you need and not selling yourself short or, or not speaking up about what it is that you want. You know, I think it's important to communicate those things when you are in a relationship to be able to discern if it's healthy, if, you know, if it's not healthy, if that person is a friend or if it's someone that you should let go. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to the title of my book, which is Let It Go Now, 10 Ways to Avoid an Unhealthy Relationship. And you can find my book on Amazon. Again, you have to keep yourself as important as you want that. You may want a relationship, but keep that one with yourself first and value yourself first so that the beautiful things can come in your life. And that's the key thing that I had to learn. Everything isn't sad and broken and and there are beautiful people out there you have to be patient and watchful enough to see them and be able to celebrate and appreciate them as well absolutely well thank you melinda so tell our listeners where people can reach you um what's the best way to contact you if anybody has any questions on the book or wants to hear more about your experiences what's the best way for them to reach you I'm on Facebook. I have a community which is called Real Life, Real Talk with Melinda Stewart. You can also reach out to me. I have a Gmail account and I'm fine with you reaching me at M-E-L-I-N-D-A, Yvette, Y-V-E-T-T-E, 69 at gmail.com. And that six and that nine is actually the year that I was born. I'm not ashamed. So uh, you can reach out to me (laughs) or I'm in social media. It's M-E with an accent, L-I-N-D-A, Stewart. And I should pop up. I, I have a black hat on and there's gold around that hat and a necklace. I'm, I'm, that picture is on all of my social media sites. I'm more on Facebook and Periscope. Um, Instagram, I'm new to that, but I'm, I'm on all of those sites. So I'm, I'm learning. I'm progressing and learning how to function in, in social media. So. <laughs> yes, as we all are, honey. Okay, it's one day at a time. one One, day at a time (laughs) one social media platform at a time right absolutely (laughs) absolutely it was an absolute pleasure having you here to talk to us about unhealthy relationships and how to avoid them i wish you all the best of luck with your book and maybe sometime down the line we can have you on again to share some updates and some additional insight but for today i really enjoyed our conversation and i think you provided tremendous information that people can actually use in their lives today. So thank you for that. And I look forward to speaking with you in the future. Okay, Melinda. Thank you so much, Kim. And I also want to celebrate you and your book. I have been enjoying your book. Oh, good. I I want to celebrate you and acknowledge you for the wonderful work that you're also doing with your book, because it's a fun way to improve their relationships as well. So I'd like to celebrate you and kudos to you. Thank you so much, Melinda. I appreciate that. 
So that will wrap things up for today's show. And I'd really like to thank Melinda Stewart for coming on and sharing her personal experience of what it took for her to move from an unhealthy relationship to a healthy one. If you'd like to continue the conversation, come on over to our Facebook group, Relationship Recipes Lounge, where you can make comments, ask questions, and give suggestions on show topics that you'd like to hear in the future. So peace, blessings, and remember to be the love that you want to have in your life. Until next time, 